Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? It is Wednesday, August 5th, and we are back with another episode of The Issue. Uh, me and Huge Tim are loaded. Yeah, we got a lot to go over. We got the divisional to bring you the divisional uh, predictions later in the episode to bring you that we couldn't get to you on Monday because of technical difficulties. And uh, crossing the fingers that there's not any more uh, this time around. But um, yeah, we have a lot to that. Yeah, sure. yeah, because um, we're kind of making up for a little bit of that. A little bit of lost time. Yeah, or... from yesterday. So we're going to get to the divisional, but we're also going to get to the, you know, the stuff we like to do on Wednesday. You got Tim's trivia coming up and um, yeah. some news. And but I do want to get into a story um, on Fox Sports News. Um, I, have the, I have the app. I don't know if you guys should go check it out, Fox Sports app. Um, it said a story. It said, um, who will have the better 2020 season? And it listed three quarterbacks, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott. So you guys know me. Um, I'm big Carson Wentz guy. I don't understand people who don't see it. Top three quarterback in the league to you. Yes, I don't understand. Assuming he's healthy, yes. I know he's been hurt a little bit, but if you actually look at it, he hasn't been hurt all that. It's like not that bad, okay? It's not that bad. He missed like five games at the end of that Super Bowl year, um, including playoffs. He got hurt like, what, week 15 or 16 or something like that? Yeah. In a freak injury. That's not, you know, that's not his fault. So, um... But people will say, you know, Jared Goff. Okay, yeah. So with far more talent around him offensively, Jared Goff, although he had the same record as Wednesday, they were both nine and seven, didn't even get his team to the playoffs. So Goff throwing to Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, Tyler Higby, and uh Josh Girl or uh, Todd Gurley out of the backfield. Went forty six hundred yards, sixty three percent completion, twenty two touchdowns, sixteen picks. That's a pick a game, and an eighty five point six pass rating. So I, I don't like the yards. Yards is kind of here or there. Um, I'm a big yards guy if it translates to translates to wins. Like Dak throwing for almost 5,000 yards doesn't matter. He went 8-8, eight and eight and his team was terrible. So it doesn't matter to me. Um, yards that way. And same with, um, same with Jared Goff. It's going to be inflated. He is an air raid offense. You know, um, all, the, all the Rams do is, is throw the ball. But I do like the completion percentage, touchdown to pick ratio, and pass rating. And Carson Wentz in all of them is better. So Wentz throwing to Alshon Jeffrey, who looked like he was lost. Dude needed a map out there last year. Nelson Aguilar, who couldn't catch anything. A guy on the actual local Philadelphia news called him out for being so bad. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz, who had a down year by his standards. And then when most of them got hurt the last six games, Carson Wentz's number one target was Greg Ward Jr., Greg Ward played quarterback in college and got called up from the practice squad. And went still with that, went for 4,000 yards, 64 completion percentage, 21 or 27 touchdowns, seven picks, and a 93 pass rating. So in all the categories I like, touchdowns, picks, pass rating, and completion, Wentz, Wentz kills Jared Goff. It's not even close. Yeah. And he was throwing to, like, beach chairs. He was throwing to, like, bricks. Okay, nothing. Like, he was throwing to nothing. And I'm not even going to make an argument for for Wentz over Dak. If you can't see that, I 
I seriously, I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to enlighten you. If you can't see that Dak is, is a spoiled cowboy quarterback like they all are and has been unable to do anything close to, to winning any sort of big game with the talent that he's had, then then I, I seriously can't help you. Dak's not even a top 10 quarterback. He's not a top 10 quarterback. So get out of here with that. I, I'd take golf over him any day. I don't even think it's all that close. Golf got to a Super Bowl, people. Dak's won one playoff <clears throat> game. Yeah. One. And it's because Mason Crosby coached a field goal or else he wouldn't have won that playoff game. All right, Wentz is a superstar, and don't try to convince me at all otherwise. No, yeah, I totally agree with that. But, uh, uh, yeah, Carson Wentz definitely great. I don't have him in my top three like you do of quarterbacks. But better than de- Dak. Way better, better than Dak. Goff, too. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree. I, just, I really don't like Dak Prescott. I'm going to get into that for a second. He just – how can you throw to all those weapons – and have one playoff win, but demand the same money as Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Seriously. Seriously. But kind of change it here. I have uh, some stuff I want to talk about in the MLB, and uh, I also found something else here just scrolling through Instagram that I want to get to um, after we cover this MLB stuff. A little last minute. I just thought I'd toss it in if you're good with that. So, the Cardinals are cleared to play the Cubs on Friday. That's good news. Um, it is good news um, in what has seemed to be no good news coming out of the MLB. Um, it's a tire fire. Oh, yeah. They need, to, they need to put it in a bubble like the NBA does. The NBA and the NHL are so on top of yeah, it. Or at least bubbles like the yeah. NHL. Like yeah. two, three, even four. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking at the season possibly getting canceled at the rate that we're going right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the big names too, Yadier Molina and Paul DeJong, among 13 of the Cardinals players that tested positive for COVID. Yeah, and it's like um, I heard Colin Coward saying, well, it's not any of the good teams. Well, actually, the Cardinals were uh, the top they in were. the NLCS last year, so actually it is some of the top teams. Yeah, so, um, if you go to the – You're wrong. If you you're go just to simply our, wrong. If you go to the issue Instagram too, you'll see that. Uh, let's see, the MLB power rankings this season had the Cardinals at number nine in the league. Yeah, and that's what we agreed as well. But that's what the MLB had. So it's not like none of the top teams are, are testing positive. Like some really good teams are having issues. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, in, in the Marlins this week. 17 new players to join the yeah. team after their COVID it's been It's been crazy. They actually won it. They're three and one on top of the NL East, though. <laughs> yeah. Somehow they're pulling it off. Yeah. I mean, Cervelli yeah, homer yesterday. Little hometown, uh, yeah. hometown guy. Yeah. Cervelli, you love to see it. Oh, um, yeah. Just such a good dude. That, that's that's more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a little Vita Bella, actually. Yeah. But uh, another thing I wanted to get to dad's strength. Uh, Trout comes back from having his. His kid in his first at bat hits a home run. My um, AL MVP candidate from Philadelphia. Yeah, he is just an absolute stud. And uh, you know, congratulations to Mike Trout. Oh God, I'm having hurry a kid. Dude, yeah. dude killed it. Absolutely yeah. killed it. Uh, Joe, That's a problem. Though. Yeah, Joe Madden. Uh, to switch the subject again, comes in and says Otani is unlikely to pitch again in the 2020 season. Hmm. Hmm. He's been so unlucky with injury. No, he's been so, I don't know, 
Something about it just doesn't seem right, you know. When he pitches, he's great. How many pitches has he actually thrown in the major leagues right now? But if he looks up, it'd be under 200. Pitches, not even innings yeah. or outs or anything. Actual pitches, you know. Mm-hmm. I just – I don't know what – I don't know what the problem is. Like, how did – how does he have no injury history coming in and now he can't even get through, like, a full month of throwing a baseball? Yeah. It just – it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, I think. I think we're starting to see a little bit of uh, overhype here on the Otani train. Yeah, I think he was re- they really hyped him up, especially on like MLB Network. A lot of that, the intentional talk show. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I watched that a lot, and, and they were going nuts over him when he first broke in. I mean, the, the talent is undeniable. But oh, just, he's definitely talented, but I don't know if he can. He can't stay healthy in the MLB. Can't stay on the field, and uh, you know, if you can't stay on the field, you're not going to make money. Um, so I wanted to switch gears again here. Uh, not too much news out of the MLB right now, except just basically that it's a tire fire and Rob a, Manfred has no idea what he's doing, and, and he they, should really probably just yeah. get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this post from a, a account called Football Sideline. Okay, uh, good amount of followers. They posted a graphic here that ranks the top Power Five football, the college football teams. One to sixty-five. Okay, the first four. The, I don't think there's an argument. No, well, I don't know if I'd put Clemson at number two. Their list is one: Ohio State, two: Clemson, three: Alabama, four: Georgia, five: Penn State. So that's your top five. You have Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Penn State in the top five, and then your top ten: six is Florida, seven. Oklahoma, eight Oregon, nine LSU, ten Notre Dame. That's um, where I start to have issues. Yeah, I don't think Notre Dame is a top ten team. I would say they're a top ten program, like as a whole, as a tradition. Yeah, wise. I wouldn't say this year. No, I also wouldn't put Florida above Oklahoma. Not at all. Not I, even close. I wouldn't put Florida above. LSU either. Yeah. I would say Florida is more like a nine, eight or nine. Oregon probably bumps back to like ten. Well, here's the thing: they have the SEC here so screwed up because if you look at the SEC teams, you have a number three Alabama, and that's the closest SEC team to the top. Is at three, so and the then first SEC team, and then Georgia, four, a Georgia at four. You have Florida at six. You have LSU at nine. You Texas A and M at eleven. Um, Auburn. Auburn at 16, Kentucky at 24. Um, really? Yeah. Kentucky is not a top 25 team. Kentucky is not a top 25 football team. And you're telling me that o- Oklahoma State is 15th and Iowa's 20th? And Pitt's 39th? <laughs> I mean, there's just so many complaints here. That? USC is 17. There's so much wrong with this list. Arizona State at 18. Miami at 22. I'm yeah. sorry. Iowa State at 23. No, no. Here. Sorry, no. Here. What I'm going to do here, just on the air, that their caption for this picture is, we ranked all Power 5 football programs as of right now. And here's what we got. How did we do? I'm going to comment right now. And you're watching me. This... Is a disgrace to football. Yeah, I I don't have a lot of problem with the top five, top ten even, but it just gets it just gets silly beyond that. Um, just I yeah, they have Rutgers as the sixty five best team. 
Does anyone realize just how <laughs> bad Rutgers is? Yeah, uh, I just saw this and I thought it was comical, so I just had to throw it in here. So it's it's only Power Five teams, so I get that, and maybe there are I don't even know how many Power Five teams but there are. But still, you don't put a team like Kentucky, who is probably going to finish next to last in the in the SEC East. Yeah, and you don't put them at a twenty four team. So you're going to put Wake up. Forest above Michigan State. Like what? You don't put Pitt above Michigan State. You put Northwestern above Texas Tech. Like, come on. You're gonna put Kentucky above Michigan State. Like that's Pitt, crazy. Pitt above West Virginia, or Illinois above West Virginia, or Ole Miss. You know, I do. There's just a lot of like Mississippi State at 34. Like what? Even Kentucky's above West Virginia, which doesn't even make sense. Kentucky's the one that I'm upset about. How are they at number 24? I don't know. It's just, it's just not a great list. No. Definitely not a great list. You want to kind of piggyback off that into the college football? Um, a lot of players are uh, demanding, quote, better conditions. Mm-hmm. I did um, It says here that uh, Big Ten players demand better COVID-19 safety protocols in a letter to conference and, and the NCAA. See, I didn't get a chance to look at this um, at this Big Ten letter. I'm really hoping it's different from the Pac-12 because these Pac-12 um, football players or student athletes or whatever are absolutely out of their mind. And I don't know if there's something wrong with the Pac-12 education system, <laughs> but if you actually like, if these kids are actually stupid enough to ask for fifty-fifty revenue split, that like, what do you what? <laughs> The NFL doesn't even get a 50-50 revenue split. No. The owners get, like, way more than that, okay? Um, I, I don't know. It's actually, like, a discreet – like, they bring up some good points in that Pac-12 letter, but then they just lose all credibility and all, like, momentum when they say a 50-50 revenue split. Like, it's actually laughable and it's, like, insulting. And it just makes you think, like, how dumb are they? Yeah. You know? It's almost like how like how dumb could you actually be? Um. It looks here like the Big Ten one is a lot more, like, actually smart. So, I guess, you know, better uh, academia over here on yeah. this side of the country. Um, they're, they're looking for more, like, better testing and um, and better social distancing and, and stuff like that. It says, like, among the requests are mandated in-season testing of three days per week, which is, is up. I think it's, like, usually one or two mm-hmm. um, days per week. And then quarantine protocols for those infected, social distancing and mask wearing requirements from staff. Um, media coaches, visitors. Um, there, there should be penalties for non-compliance, and then there should be also be almost like a like a whistleblower snitch type of line, um, like like in the NBA bubble, and protection for those who don't feel safe, you know, and also scholarship protections. And that makes sense, mm-hmm. and almost like a healthcare they're asking for, which you know that's hit or miss. I'm not sure how the financials would work out on that, but I think it would be. Wouldn't be terrible for them to ask for some sort of um, maybe reimbursement. I mean, it's not cheap to go to the hospital for however many days, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Or even for for one day and get in a test and stuff like that. So I think it's like fifty bucks per test if you don't go if you don't have uh, an insurance company. Yeah, so it's definitely. Um, I think the Big Ten letter looks like it's way more credible and more thought out. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, yeah, and then. Uh, next, we're going to get to uh, a little bit of hometown kid, Phil Dracovic. Uh, we talked about him in, in the last episode and about how he transferred from Notre Dame. He, you know, graduated from Pinerton High School, 
uh, yeah, sure. right in, right here in our backyard, basically. And um, he went to Notre Dame, uh, verbally committed his sophomore year of high school, uh, number two dual threat quarterback in the country, and goes to Notre Dame, sits behind the most average quarterback in all of college football. Yeah, Ian we're not Book. a fan of Ian Book. Um, if this would ever get to Ian Book, I hope you know that we don't like you. Yeah. Um, he sits behind the most average college quarterback of all time. And then – and goes and transfers to Boston College, and his waiver took forever to process. Um, yeah, it was almost to the point where it was a little bit sketchy. Yeah, they didn't want a, – a lot of people speculated that it was Brian Kelly trying to um, make sure Phil couldn't play against Notre Dame this year because they are on the schedule – on Boston College's schedule. Um, so – but anyway, his waiver was finally granted, and he will be playing uh, – this year for Boston College. Yeah, they don't know when they, they play it, so the date and time yet to be determined, but they do play Notre Dame. He's going to compete. He doesn't have a job yet. Um, he's got to compete with redshirt uh, junior Dennis Grossell, who uh, he filled in last year when, when their quarterback got hurt. Um, I think Phil will, you know, I think he'll win it because he's just a beast. Um, I mean, look at in, in he went 12 for 16 for 222 yards, two touchdowns. In his time at Notre Dame, he also averaged 5.9 yards a carry with 130 yards. So, I mean, he, when he did get in, he showed that he is, well, first off, way better than Ian Book. And he also showed that he can do it at a high level. Um, he was quoted saying he didn't think he, he doesn't think he got much of an opportunity to showcase what he could do. And I agree. Yeah, they didn't really give him a shot. And I think if he would have got that shot, he probably would have beat uh, Ian Book um, quite easily, I would yeah. say. Um, Phil's just a freak athlete. And, um, I'm excited that he can play this year. That's going to be so exciting. Well, I can't wait. In a year that, you know, has been just filled with not anything exciting, it's awesome to see Phil being able to, to actually play uh, especially and hopefully start at such a high uh, at a high level. I, I mean, mean, that's yeah, that's ACC football. And you especially know? when you know him, too. He's a great kid. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, just one of the best and, and very humble, too. So uh, happy that's, for yeah, Phil. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, you want to talk about the uh, people opting oh, out? So many NFL players opting out right now. Um, I'm gonna have to pump the brakes a little bit on my Miami hype train. I was pretty happy with them going seven and nine, maybe even eight and eight, but they actually just had two of their top three receivers opt out. The only really top receiver they have left is um is uh is Devontae Parker. Um, Albert Wilson opted out right after Alan Hearns did. So they're going to have to rely on um, on Preston Williams to, to fill that role. He was a rookie last year. Looked good, mm-hmm. but they're going to have to have him uh, fill that role. You're seeing a lot of guys, a lot of guys opt out. Um, DeAnthony Thomas for the Ravens. Uh, not, not a lot of huge names until you get to the Patriots. Um, they have a lot. The Lions have Geronimo Allison opting out. Packers with Devin Funches, so it gets even harder for Aaron Rodgers. So we'll we'll see. Um, here let me let me get to the the Patriots. I don't think it's a mistake that they have this many people opting out. And I also am going to revise my divisional thing. There's no way they go eight and eight unless Bill Belichick is works a miracle, mm-hmm. which I did predict that he would work a miracle. But now that they have running back Brandon Bolden opting out, offensive tackle Marcus Cannon, who is now outside of um, oh, who's their other really good? tackle or there are other good 
Oh, anyway, so he's their second best offensive lineman. It's not even close. Uh, Patrick Chung opting out. Dante Hightower, the linebacker, opting out. Their only tight end, really, other than rookies. Matt Lacoste opted out. Marquise Lee, big big ad um, out wide, opted out. And then their fullback, Danny Vitale, opted out. So, I mean, they have a lot of guys opting out, and it's it's not looking good. The Jets, C.J. Mosley, the Eagles, Marquise Goodwin, um, Travis Benjamin for the Niners, who's a wide receiver. They need wide receiver help, so that hurts. Um, so, yeah, it's not like it's not like this isn't a real thing, people. I mean, the Chiefs with their their starting guard and their and one of their top running backs opted out as well. So, yeah. Damian Williams. Yeah. Well, you know who doesn't have anybody opting out? That's Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers. Everyone's in on Big Ben. They want to see. They want to be part of this Big Ben led team. Uh, Big Ben said in an interview the other day that he plans on winning. A- uh, Lombardi's in Pittsburgh, and he said, "Yes, I said Lombardi. that with an S, yeah, plural, plural Lombardi's." Um, we'll see. Hopefully, he can. Um, his mobility. I disagree, but yeah, I I'm just, here for it. <laughs> I mean, I don't see. I mean, I love Ben, but he has just become so immobile through these past couple of years. And the league's increasingly mobile, but he does have like a cannon, you know. Oh, he does have a great arm, and I think we actually have pretty good weapons this year. Yeah, um, we do. But Deontay Johnson. Beast. Yeah. Juju's going to Juju. come back better. And I think if Johnson's better, that will help Juju's game a lot. I think. Absolutely. What, if you can have a respectable receiver on the other side. Yeah. What you saw uh, Juju do when um, AB was still here, yeah. uh, that really opened him up more. Um, yeah. I'm saying Johnson's going to draw the same crowd as AB. But right. if you have someone respectable, which means you can't double Juju, that's where it gets, you know. Yeah. That's where Juju's a little, can, can kind of cut loose a little bit. Oh, yeah. I would totally agree with that. But, um, but yeah, so now anyway, like I was saying, the Patriots. Don't be surprised if they go seven and nine, six and ten. Oof. I don't know. We're gonna get into that when we get back uh, from our break. Yep. But we are gonna get into a break when we get back. We will have the divisional predictions, and we will have Tim's trivia. So you're not gonna want to miss that one. Make sure you listen. Thank you. What up? We are back. Segment two. Let's just jump right into it. Let's get into the uh, our divisionals. Yep, and this week we are doing the AFC East predictions, and uh, we're going to do it how we always do. We're going to start from the bottom of the division and work our way to the top. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to start with the Jets. They're absolutely brutal. They're last at 4-12, and 12, and if you disagree, then you're out of your mind. I would think maybe 5-11 and 11 tops, you know? Yeah. Um, let's, just, let's just outline some stuff here. Um, so, yeah. They saw their tackle issue, maybe, with, with Mekhi Becton. Um, I know he has some doubters and he can, he can be sloppy, but I think he's going to be great. I think he's super fast, super quick, and he's huge. Um, so he moves very well. But seriously, who does Sam Darnold have to throw to? Jamison Crowder and Brashad Perriman? Like, come on. Um, I mean, maybe Le'Veon Bell, but I don't think he's even a top 10 back anymore. I'd say he's more around the 14th, 15th best back. Maybe we could do a list sometime yeah. back in our best packs. I would say he's good. he's somewhere towards that back end. That would be a good episode. Maybe even a special episode yeah. to do running backs. Never know. But anyway, um, so Sam Darnold, he's got a, a bottom five offensive line, a very average running back. He actually has the 31st ranked wide receiving core, according to Pro Football Focus. Also, Pro Football Focus, 31st best defensive line, 32nd ranked secondary. And a linebacking core who has pretty much nobody, and then they actually just saw their only good linebacker, C.J. Mosley, bow out. I mean, they have no one. They, they're very depleted, and I don't think 
I don't think they compete this year at all. No. Um, yeah, I totally agree there. The Jets have just been – I mean, they can't draft either. <laughs> what happened to them in the draft this year was just absolutely brutal. Uh, they yeah, got they're just beat. very – uh, not not great. But they're not no. even worth talking on anymore. We're going to move up to number three, and that's where we have the Dolphins at yeah. seven and nine. But I think you want to revise that. Huh? A little bit. I mean, I still think that – see, I was really high on the Dolphins, and I was also high on the Patriots because I think Bill Belichick was going to pull a little mini miracle. But they both lost significant pieces. The Dolphins are losing significant wide receivers. Like, those are really good weapons for either Fitzpatrick, who's not a great quarterback, or a young quarterback in, in Tua yeah. to throw to. Anytime you don't have the best quarterback, you need those weapons. Yeah. Um, so that that hurts. I would put the Dolphins mm, maybe at – I'm going to keep them at 7-9, and nine, and I think I'm going to drop the Patriots down to 7-9. But I seriously wouldn't be surprised if they do go 8-8 because I think Bill's going to work a miracle. But maybe the Dolphins, um, I mean, their schedule in the beginning is brutal. Other than the Jaguars in week three, they play the Seahawks, Niners, Chargers, Broncos, Rams, Cardinals. I mean, that is just terrible. That's mm-hmm. that's brutal. So I think about week six or seven, two is going to get the start because Fitzmagic's going to be like one and six, maybe two and six. Um, but seriously, don't be shocked if Tua gets in, tears it up for the last half of the year, and brings them up to seven and nine. I think they're going to look a lot better than their record's going to show. Um, they have decent talent. Devontae Parker's becoming a really good number one. They added way – like really good running backs, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida added one of the best corners. So um, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, that's a top three cornerback duo. Um, they added Kyle Van Noy, very smart player. Yeah. Um, I mean, like – I just I think they're a year or two away. Yeah, one thing, if you didn't listen to the first part of the episode, go back and listen. Uh, we kind of talked uh, a little bit about how they were opting out, but also um, I brought up in the first segment how – uh, the Steelers with with Juju, how much better Juju did um, his in that year where AB a. was still hanging around in Pittsburgh, and you had you know you had to cover two great receivers, and that really opened Juju up for yeah. a great season. That's what Miami's going to be missing now. They have two really good wide receivers that are going to opt out. Yeah, Devontae Parker's really good, but is he going to be good enough? to be the so. lone guy. And if he's going to be that one guy, he's going to be getting double teamed. And a young quarterback like Tua, who's going to have to make quick decisions, could find himself in some trouble and throw in some especially really bad interceptions. Not, especially with a, a not good offensive line. Yeah. Their offensive line is not so great. He's going to be pressured, and then he's going to probably have a lot of throws off his back foot, hopefully to Devontae Parker, hoping he can get up and make that catch, but he's going to be double teamed. I see now with these – players opting out i'm predicting Tua to throw a lot more interceptions his his rookie yeah year. i wouldn't i also wouldn't be surprised if they dropped down to six and ten instead of seven and nine but i think they're gonna look a lot better than they are yeah um than their record's gonna show well yeah but the patriots yeah um, patriots number two in the division like i said eight and eight but if i drop the dolphins down to seven and nine i seriously think the patriots are gonna go more like like seven and nine or if i drop the uh, dolphins down to six and ten i think the patriots are gonna go more seven and nine yeah um, area, I think Bill Belichick is going to do his thing. I know that they're missing a lot of guys, but I think he's also going to do a mini, like, not tank, but, like, rebuild almost, yeah. where, you know, he's not going to be that great, build a culture, get a relatively high draft pick. Also, I think going into this past draft, he had, like, 16 draft picks the next two years. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. So if his pick is anywhere in the top 15, which I think it will be, 
I think he's going to move that and maybe a second and like a fourth to move up in the draft and get one of those top three quarterbacks. I swear, if he gets if he gets Trevor Lawrence, I quit. Yeah, people are saying that they they got to go like five and eleven to get one of those top spots. No, they actually don't because they have so much draft capital that as long as they go seven and nine, maybe even six and ten, and get um, a top fifteen pick, if you trade that a second, maybe even a third and a fourth, I mean you're good to go. I mean if you traded that and three more picks, three more relatively high picks. I mean, I, I don't see – especially because a lot of people don't need quarterbacks. Yeah. Jacksonville needs a quarterback, but Cincinnati got theirs. Let's just go go down the good to go down the list. Cincinnati has theirs. Cleveland, as of now, has theirs. Um, Pittsburgh, I think, is going to need to start looking for one soon. Yeah. But, but right now they're not going to be drafting one this year. No. Unless one absolutely falls into their lap late, you know. Early, yeah. Um, I mean, Phil – or uh, – Indianapolis doesn't need one. Houston doesn't need one. Um, the Titans don't need one. Buffalo I mean, doesn't need Buffalo one. Buffalo doesn't need one. The Patriots will need one. So that's, that's the one team. And the Jaguars will need one. I mean, Chargers don't need one. Chiefs don't need one. Broncos don't need one. Like, there's not a – the Jets don't need one. The Dolphins got theirs. Cowboys don't need one. Cowboys don't need one. Um, the Eagles don't need one. If, if Dwayne Haskins works – they, the Washington football team doesn't need one. Tampa the Panthers, Bay. the Panthers eventually, I think are going to need one. Um, but the, the the Giants got theirs. Like all these these teams who are looking to get quarterbacks already got their quarterbacks. Yeah. And the quarterbacks they got most likely have another year or even two to prove themselves if they're not even a top quarterback now. So already. so you're saying you see a Bill Belichick miracle? Patriots go eight and eight, trade up, get that. Get an early pick in the draft and take a quarterback. I think Trey Lance falls to them. Yep. Trevor Lawrence. No, Trey Lance. Oh, okay. Not I, Trevor I Lawrence. think Trevor Lawrence goes. No, I think Trevor Lawrence because the Jaguars are going to be so unbelievably bad that oh. they are going to have that number one pick. Or if they don't, they're going to have the number two pick. And either way, the person in front of them might be like Cincinnati or Washington, and they're already going to have their quarterback most likely because I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be good enough for them to give him another year. So, yeah, no, I, I think Trey Lance or even Justin Fields, if they trade up, they'd have to trade up for Justin Fields. I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance falls, falls right to them. Yeah. Well, um, but, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, number one in the division and winning the division, obviously, we have the Buffalo Bills at 10-6. and six. Yeah. I, I love this team. I wouldn't be surprised if they go 11-5. Yeah, their schedule kind of sucks, though. Yeah, it does. They have really I think we schedule. had them at 10-6 losing to – the Patriots at Foxborough. I think now with all the players opting out, I have them. I would have them beating the Patriots. Yeah. I have them more at eleven and five. Yeah, but I have um, them sweeping the Patriots this season. I, sure. I love their young defense and their young coach. They added Josh Norman too, which is he's a very smart, savvy veteran. Yeah. Um, who's going to really help that back end? And then and, Stephon Diggs. That's a home run. That's a huge win. A huge getting hit. them without Josh Allen's got a cannon, and obviously a deep threat is going to help that. Yeah. Especially um, one of the best deep threats in the league. Oh, yeah. Um, and then people were overlooking the fact that they drafted a, a pretty good running back, and they picked up TJ Yeldon. Mm-hmm. And uh, that 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 is really a strong committee behind Devin Singletary there. Um, and then the wide receivers, Cole Beasley, John Brown, Stephon Diggs, Robert Foster, and Andre Roberts. That's a great receiving core. Those are, that's a strong top five. Yeah. Um, like I said, tight end's a little weak, um, but their defense is loaded. Yep. It's loaded. And if Tredavious White just – keeps taking the steps forward like he has been they're gonna he's a 
top three corner, maybe even top two. Yeah. So, uh, so who do you have your, um, you know, offensive MVP of this division? I'm going to go out and I'm going to say Stephon Diggs. <sighs> I say he's the best offensively in this division. Especially with everybody I... that's opting out. I'd say either him, and I'd make a case for Devontae Parker. I'd say that he's going to pop this year. I think he's going to be really good as well. Um, I, I really love Sam Darnold. I just wish he had weapons. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Stephon Diggs. It's it's kind of hard to argue with that. I just, I mean, go down the list. The Patriots, no. Sorry, no. Okay. Dolphins, maybe Parker. But the Jets, I would love to pick Sam Darnold because I think he is very valuable, but they're just not going to win enough games for him to actually be valuable. You know what I mean? Do you agree with me, though, that Devontae Parker could have a pop, like just a year where he just pops? Yeah, I mean, he had a year this past year where he kind of popped, but I think like he this year he's really going to solidify himself as a number one. The problem, like you were talking about, is that they don't have – A number two. They don't have a number two or even a, a solid number three. Preston Smith, right? Preston Williams, Preston yeah. Williams, he, they drafted him last year. No one really thought that he was going to be anything great, but he actually – he shocked a yeah. lot of people, so well, I think he's going to be a decent number two. He's still really young, so it's hard to tell. But it hurts losing two veteran Alan Hearns and, and Albert Wilson. It's so tough, especially Wilson. He's a, yeah. He's kind of comparable to Diggs more. Yeah, well. Or, yeah. I mean, Devontae very, Parker. Yeah, yeah, he's very slot, quick. Getting things confused here. Um, defensive MVP. Tredavious White. Okay. I know it's weird because I'm picking everyone from the Bills. I, I think you could make a case, though, for Stephon Gilmore. I was going to say Stephon Gilmore is mine. I just – Tredavious – I mean, the only reason Stephon Gilmore would be, quote, most valuable player defensively is because he is the only player defensively for the Patriots. But that's also why I think he's not going to win because he's just going to be on an island out there, you know. He's going to be yeah. left alone to die. <laughs> and I think that – um Tredavious White with that great defense is going to benefit, and uh, he's going to have a lot of quarterbacks thrown under pressure, thrown in his direction. So I think he could get a lot of cheap picks, a lot of tips. Um, it just helps when the whole defense is good. You know, if he's got a great defensive line, batted passes. You know, yeah. batted passes end up into tip even, balls. Even tip just, balls end up into interceptions. Even just rushed throws and bad decisions, and you know, next yeah. Thing, you know, so I think he's going to really benefit from that. I, I don't think. The Patriots don't really have a pass rush, so Stephon Gilmore is going to be having to guard guys for five, six seconds, you know. Yeah, and then, I mean, safety help over the top in New England. What's that looking like? And yeah, we don't know. I mean, right now, Jason proven. Jason and Devin McCourty, but I wouldn't be surprised if they opt out within the next week. Thursday's the deadline. Seriously, don't. I would not be surprised if they opt out. Yeah. Um, you want to go with uh, – I want to go rookie, top rookie. I'm going to go Tua. You're going to go Tua? I'm going to go Tua. I think he's gonna have. I think he's gonna struggle a little bit at first. Uh, he's gonna need to get his feet wet for sure, um, and he's gonna need to learn how to throw to nobody. But um, I think he will be. I think he will have a great, not great, but I think he will have a good year. I think he'll have the best year out of all the rookies in the division. I agree. Tell me to uh, yeah. It's I mean, tough. It's, when, it's tough when you look at this division because there's just not that much talent, especially after there's everybody's just opting out. really there's just really not a lot of talent, and then like rookie wise, there's just not a lot. I mean, the Bills drafted what Zach Moss, like good player, but I'm not going to go out there and say that he's going to be, you know, uh, uh, the best rookie in the division. When yeah. you got two, I think two is easily the most skilled. Yeah. Um. 
So that's just about does it for this division uh, for the AFC East. But I do want to go back um, to last week's divisional predictions, which we did on the NFC East. And there's a comment I want to read here. Um, yeah, the comment I want to read is from a guy named Mike Harrison. And he says that the Giants will go nine and seven. Keep in mind, we had the Giants at four and twelve. Tim, you want to go off on that a little bit? Nine and seven. So what would that be at the top of the division? That would be tied for the top with Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't really think so, big guy. I don't. I don't really know what my like how. How I can really enlighten him. I just like. I always go to the the good old fashioned the Google search here. Like, who do they? Like, where where's that production going to come from? You know, I just I don't. I don't know. see where. I mean, yeah, they have Saquon, but is he going to carry them to a nine and seven season? I just really, Absolutely I not. really don't understand where. Like, where's that? What's their schedule? Look I like? mean, uh, let's go through their schedule and see if this guy's this comment has any credibility at all. If you're listening, uh, we do comment on the, we do reply to the comments that we listen that we're gonna talk about. So, uh, Mike Harrison, if you're listening, this is why they're not gonna go nine and seven. So the Steelers, if you think they're beating them, you're out of your gourd. Steelers the Bears' are, defense so is gonna absolutely smother a so young quarterback and a first year coach. So they're zero and two now. They're zero two. The Niners, it's not even close. Zero and three. The Rams, not even close. Zero and four. Cowboys, not even close. I don't even like the Cowboys, and I don't think it's close. Oh, and five. Washington. I think you're going to beat the Washington football team. One and five. One and six. One and six. No. No, one, one and five. five. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, Eagles. The Eagles, no. Carson Wentz is going to dog on you. One and six. The Buccaneers, nope. They actually had a top three defense in the last seven weeks of the year last year, and you had Tom Brady. James Winston threw 30 picks and six pick sixes. One and seven. The Washington football team, two and seven. I, yeah, I think you guys beat them again. They're pretty miserable. Um, two and eight against, against the Eagles. Eagles again. Yeah, that's, two, that's and two and eight. The Bengals. Hmm. I think they have a chance, and I'm going to give it to the. I'll Giants. give you. I'll give you guys the Bengals game for sure. Three and eight. Seahawks. If you think you're beating the Seahawks at Seattle, you're out of your gourd. Three and nine. Cardinals. Cardinals. I see them beating the Cardinals. You'd, yeah. Four uh, and nine. Yeah, because it's at home late in the year, warm weather team traveling across the country. Four and nine going through the cold weather. I think yep. Browns nope. Four and ten. Ravens nope. Four and eleven. And the Cowboys again nope. Four and twelve. There you go. Four and twelve. If you think the Giants are going to go nine and seven, you're absolutely insane. That means they got to steal a game against. Let's see who who all do we have them losing to. That means they have to steal what five games against either the Cowboys. The Ravens, the Browns, the Seahawks, yeah, the Eagles one of two times, also the Cowboys one of two times, the Buccaneers, the 49ers, the Rams, the Bears, the Steelers. Yeah. Seriously, where do you think those five wins are going to come from? Uh, yeah, they're not coming from anywhere. Um, and we've had this, we've had the, basically the same comment from Luke Josephy and this guy um, – YGC underscore Rob. They both said so basically the same as last year. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, not much has changed in not this division. Not much has changed. I mean, I think the Eagles are going to get healthier, but their schedule is pretty brutal, so I don't think that's going to matter. Um, and the, the Cowboys lost a lot of pieces, and they gained a lot of pieces that are around the same amount of valuable. Um, 
I think C.D. Lamb as a rookie pretty much takes the place of Randall Cobb without adding too, too much more. I mean, I think C.D. Lamb is more talented. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be a better receiver. But as a rookie, no TAs, no training camp or no um, preseason, shortened training camp. So I think that's going to hurt him. So pr- productivity-wise, I think he's going to be very comparable to Randall Cobb. So they lost him, gained C.D. Lamb, so it's pretty much equal. Um, they're losing a lot on the offensive line, and they're not gaining a lot on the offensive line. They lost a lot of defensive pieces. They added some on the uh, on the front, and then they added Clinton Dix on the back end. But I don't know. I think it's going to be just a very, very similar year to last year for that division. Yeah. So that just about wraps things up for our divisional segment. Just to run down through it again, the AFC East uh, from this week, we have Bills ten and six, Patriots eight and eight, maybe Dolphins seven and nine, maybe, and the Jets at four and twelve. That one's not really going anywhere. Yeah. And then just to run down last week once again. Uh, we did the NFC East, and that was we had the Eagles at nine and seven, the Cowboys at eight and eight, the Giants at four and twelve, and the Washington football team at three and thirteen. Now we're gonna shift into uh, my favorite segment, personally, yeah, your favorite segment, and that is Tim's trivia. It's game um, time. Yeah, so I have these questions here. Once again, he has no idea what these questions are, but today we have a baseball theme. Are all of them baseball? All four. All four. Okay. So what I did, you you hear a lot about the Yankees right now. A lot about I know you love Aaron Judge. Big Aaron Judge, yeah. Big Aaron Judge fan. And who's that other big guy they got on their team? Oh yeah, that's right. John Carlos Stanton. Um so I wanted to do some trivia today that was gonna kind of compare them, but also just examine them a little bit and see if you know see how much you know. So Aaron Judge. Great rookie season, right? Yeah. How many home runs did Aaron Judge have in that rookie season? So A, 50, B, 52, 52 or B. C, 49. And, yeah, that's right, B, 52. Yep. And uh, Love Aaron Judge. It's good. One for one, baby. Come on. One for one. Same season, same player, different stat category. Batting average. Did he hit A, 301, B, 290, or C, 284? Three of one's too high. No, he didn't hit three of one. Okay. So that's between what, 290 and 284? Yep. 290. That's wrong. It's 284. Dang. He hit 284 on the season. He had a lot of strikeouts. He had Put a two, lot of bombs. He had 208 strikeouts, 52 home runs. Um, so you're, you're one for two, one for two. 500. All right. Now, this is where we switch over to Giancarlo Stanton. His rookie year, how many home runs? A, 34, B, 39, or C, 46? So 34, 39, or 46? 39. Oh, yeah, 34. Mm. So the, the difference here. This hurts. Like, like If you look at the difference, though, Aaron Judge hits 52 his, his rookie season, and Stanton hits 34. Yeah. Pretty big difference. Oh, yeah. Um, still a good season. I'd be interested in the strikeout numbers. but it's The like, strikeout numbers? Yeah. I have them up right here. Um, Stanton that year. Let's see. This ever loads. There we go. He struck out 166 times to judges. What, two something? 280? 208? Something? 208. Yeah. So 160 strikeouts to 208 strikeouts. There is a difference there. Oh, yeah. And that's where we get into now 
John Carlos Stanton and his batting average from his rookie year. Is it A, 293, B, 262, or C, 306? So either 293, 262, or 306. And this is to go 500 today. Mm-hmm. So what's so, one we're going to eliminate? Let's eliminate one. So what, between 293, 262, 262 and 306. And 306. Yeah. I'm eliminating 306. Okay. 262. That's right. And he bats 500 today. Let's go. That's, All right, that's, that's not, not bad. bad. That's not bad. You got so two what? for four. What what I, I, what I, and then I went, what, three for four last week? and Three for four last week. You went three for four that week before, and then one for four that opening week. Um, break out the couch. So later. that's nine. Nine for sixteen, boys. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, Make sure you join us back in for Friday's episode. I'm Um, a beast. Yeah, thanks for listening to today's episode. I'm an absolute animal. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. I'm so good at everything. Thank you very much. Yeah, enjoy that water. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, listening to this week's episode of the issue.